0: happy Monday. This week, we're going to talk about the monster under all of our beds, imposter syndrome. How does it pertain to beauty though? Well, sit back, relax, and enjoy this haunting episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. Hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so you can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad P.J. Brown, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child, the one who's done it the hard way for decades and now... I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. And if this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad and let's figure this crap out together right here at Beauty Reform School. Okay. We have a few tacks to brass this week. Lizzo just started her new shapewear brand and I can't wait to see how it goes. Prices are still on the rise from everything from gas, energy, and food. So this is a very good time to make the most of the beauty supplies you already have. Avoid the urge for impulse buying. Make a note of the products that are of interest to you for later. And if you can't resist, this is a good time for sampling as a matter of fact speaking of sampling have you ever wanted your very own beauty consultant at your fingertips well our patreon is an inexpensive way of doing just that I've had a few people ask me about consultations and advice and I have good news Beauty Reform School now has a patreon different tiers will give you different opportunities You can contribute in small ways to offer support and help fund the production of the podcast, or you can contribute in larger ways and book one of the consultations with yours truly from everything from natural tutorial consultations to brand recommendations, troubleshooting and advice. My very favorite is the mirror consultation, where I will walk you through step-by-step how to do a particular beauty application. I'll even demonstrate as we go. Your support will provide much-needed things like helping with production costs, equipment, and hopefully one day, being able to hire more staff. More staff leads to more services, and hopefully one day, even live shows. So go on over to Patreon.com and sign up if you can. Did I mention you get a shout-out on the podcast? Well, you do. Resource materials for this week's episode are from iDiva.com, Reddit, and the BBC.com. And... Without further ado, let's get on with the episode. We're going to start with Diva. They had an interesting article that was entitled, How Social Media Fuels Imposter Syndrome in the Beauty World. So it says, you skip skincare one day or take a selfie without a beauty filter and you feel like you're nothing without those tools. You feel like a fraud. You feel like you're not good enough. And a classic example of how social media tries to beautify or enhance our features and fuels our imposter syndrome shows us how the best of us get affected by this. Nobody wakes up flawless, but a billion-step skin red regime sets that unrealistic goal for women who already struggle to survive in an ageist society obsessed with skin treatments for youthfulness. Very, very true. I wanted to point out here that i mean okay (laughs) let me back up a little bit we do realize that when we see articles and when we read op-eds and when we go on social media we do realize that this has been something um curated for us right we know that it is a part of marketing we know that they're trying to sell us something even if it is just so much as a quote-unquote lifestyle. Now, the interesting thing about selling a lifestyle to you is that with it comes great responsibility. When you subscribe to a certain lifestyle, you're then subscribing to the clothes, the locations, the products, you are, it's not just you trying to be like a certain person, place or thing. It is, you are completely giving over to it. Now, I'm going to also preface this by saying, if this is, if, if this does not apply, let it fly. Don't think that I'm saying that everyone is like this because obviously they're not. Nobody is everything or nothing, right? So, If it doesn't apply to you, if you have a little self-control, if you're able to balance um, shopping online just for fun and you don't overspend and you make good choices, then this doesn't apply. But if you find yourself um, struggling with a little peer pressure to do these things, or if you wonder why you keep going through these same cycles, then perhaps this might be for you a little bit. Okay? So look, we've already covered that. So we we understand each other, yes? <laughs> so back to what I was saying, it is a thing that they're selling you this this lifestyle. They're selling you this way of living and it makes you think in some ways that if I follow these things, if I buy if I follow these trends, if I buy these products, then maybe I will be like that person on the yacht, you know, on the, walking along the beach with this flawless skin and hair in this fantastic outfit, um, usually alongside their romantic interest. Perhaps some of these things will begin to happen to me if I do these things and buy these products and use these products, then perhaps that will be me. And that's where the danger is but guess what that is where these campaigns are perched upon that's what they're perched upon they're hoping that you'll feel that way so that you'll buy these things so when you keep that in mind the way you look at things when you're shopping changes now there's another side of that as well. There's a side of people that have aged a bit. And I'm gonna use the word aged because I feel like that word has been demonized in society, aging. Urgh. Urgh. Odell, Urgh. aging! Aging is something we all hope for, right? For people who are afraid to die. Isn't it weird that we're afraid of aging? Is it because we equate aging with getting older and the older we get, the closer to death we march? Is that what it is? Maybe. I don't know. But I think for me, aging is a sign that I have survived things, that I've experienced things, that I've learned, hopefully, some things. So aging is not necessarily a bad thing. Now... Someone might look at me with a side eye and say, yeah, but what about the wrinkles? What about them? There are some people that want to be a certain age and don't want to have a single line on their face, but I got to be honest, when I see those people, they I find them a little frightening. I find them a little bit frightening, a little bit. It's okay to have some experience on your body and some experience on your face that shows you that you've been somewhere. That's fine. Now, how we prop ourselves up and how we gussy ourselves up is a whole other animal. It's a whole other thing. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole other thing. But I think it's important that we really think about where these needs for things are coming from because it gives us a clearer picture of how to shop and why we shop and what we're shopping for and what we're hoping to accomplish when we procure the magical item that we want. Yes? Okay. So the next line is nobody wakes up flawless, but a billion step regimen sets an unrealistic goal for women who already struggle To survive in an age of society obsessed with skin treatments for youthfulness, right? Just because a rich beauty blogger can afford to spend that much or spends that much on beauty to keep up with their peers doesn't mean we need to as well. It is unsustainable. And blogging truly is a rich person's game if you aren't being sent free stuff. Amen to that. So don't feel the need to go buy a Tom Ford lipstick, And don't feel like you're less of a person because you can't afford it. Most bloggers can't afford it either, but they only buy it to increase their brand value. That too, if they aren't being sent products by brands, which is what happens most of the time. And I think most of us know that but some of us may not and it is important to know that yes a lot of bloggers and people who are on social media and influencers and all the other names that we have for these things now these new careers that have popped up um, over the years yes brands send them products so that they can promote these products which is a reason why you do not see me promoting products now mind you Everyone I've ever interviewed, every creator um, that I interview, I don't do it off of the basis of them giving me things. Um, Some of the creators have been kind enough to send me things, but most do not. And I am okay with that because it's not about getting swag to promote what they're doing. I promote what they're doing because I feel like All kinds of creators need visibility and all kinds of creators need to, where you might not normally have found them in the first place. Hopefully you trip upon this podcast and you discover them and look them up and find out their products. And then you tell a friend and they tell a friend and then people are supporting that creator. And that's my goal in particular. So that's why I don't really look for sponsorships. If I ever had a sponsorship, it would be because I genuinely uh, support the brand, like the brand, use the brand, believe in the brand. But I would really have to take time to consider if I wanted to do that. That would take me a little bit of time to consider. I'd have to, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to sit and think about that for a while. Because I don't want you to think that just because I'm talking about that product or pushing that product that, Um, I'm only doing it because they gave me some free stuff because no, that would not be the case. So we're just, just book that, mark that for later. If you ever hear me promoting a product, it is not because I'm just getting all this swag and they're paying me to do it. That is not what that is for. Okay. All right. Also keep in mind that if a blogger or influencer is telling you to buy these things, and they're saying to you, oh, it's changed my skin. Oh, it's made me look this way. And this is why my life is this way. And this is why I look this way. And this is why I behave this way. It is not true. That is not, that is not the case. And it's like, you know, and I'm not even, I'm not even dissing influencers for that. It's, I'm not even dissing them. It it has nothing to do with that. It's just that it's important that you are informed and aware when you're taking in all of this content that you're able to differentiate the differences between certain things also bear in mind again and i've said this before that a lot of times influencers uh, they probably don't necessarily have your same skin type they probably don't have your same concerns Um, They may not be uh, the same coloring as you when they talk about a certain, how a certain foundation works or whatever. It may work for their skin tone, may not work for your skin tone, may not even have your shade. We don't know. Um, And also, last but not least, let me point out that these particular influencers tend to be quite young. There are very few older beauty influencers. I would love to see that change. But as of now, they are outnumbered greatly by the younger influencers. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you see a 20-year-old influencer putting on moisturizer and oils and talking about how their skin is so incredible, and you are not 20-something, expecting the same result is ill-advised. All right? I've said it. All right. All right. Another part of the article says YouTubers and Instagram stars don't declare everything that goes into making them look the way they do. So, quote, why don't I look like them? End quote. Hello is especially complex because there's a lot of editing involved to give us a false picture. An exorbitant amount of editing, be it shortening makeup videos to edit out the grunt work or adding smoothing filters on selfies makes one feel worthless for being able to unachieve to achieve the same right so guess what without those ring lights those filters those three layers of freshly applied makeup and all that editing even makeup gurus don't look the way that you think that they do it's all smoke and mirrors it's the same reason that when you see um, food in a commercial or an On an advertisement it looks incredibly appetizing and when you see it in person it's just not the same so think of that delicious cheeseburger that's big and steaming and glistening and that's because it's been staged and half of the food you're looking at probably isn't even real it's been propped up it's been glazed it's been shellacked it's been spritzed and of course it's going to look better than fresh off the grill and on your plate you see that yeah okay I'm just saying because it is you know and a lot of times and I personally like when the people that I like to follow the artists that I like to follow um I love the ones that they do the makeup tutorials and they show you things but then when you scroll through their page you will notice that you'll see them in their natural state you'll see them um in the sunlight, you'll see them in all kinds of different settings. If you constantly see them, just them in front of their light with their pictures heavily edited. Yeah. Now, mind you, I'm full transparency. I am not even going to lie. I, there are pictures that I edit, but usually when I edit that, it could be anything from brightening the whites of my eyes because my eyes look darker that day or it could be I have a blemish on the side of my face that's messing up the aesthetic for me so I might edit that blemish but in all I don't try to change the way the look looks or how I look if the artist that you're watching is completely unrecognizable before they put their makeup on that's a note to take Now, if that's what you're going after, if you want makeup that's going to make you look completely different, that's a personal choice. But bear in mind, know what you're trying to accomplish, know what you're expecting, what you're hoping for, what you're looking for, because that's going to make a huge difference. Huge, right? All right. So I was shuffling around on Reddit and I came across something really interesting when it talked about uh, imposter syndrome when it comes to makeup. Uh, One person wrote, Recently I've updated my makeup with some new purchases and new techniques slash styles and I find myself questioning a lot of the looks I'm doing. I carefully put out a lot of thought into how I represent myself but sometimes I talk to myself in a weird headspace that I have no clue what I'm doing in front of the mirror even though I've worn makeup for years. For instance, I sit in front of the mirror in the morning and I put on my eyeshadow, a liner, and a neutral lip and I feel like I look like a straight amateur who got into mom's makeup. But then I go to work, to the store, wherever I'm going and receive compliments from coworkers, friends, or whomever about my makeup and I'm surprised by them. Sometimes I feel like people are just being nice because they can see I spent a lot of time doing my face, even if it may not be perfect execution. Logically, I know I don't look like a clown, but I still feel like that awkward teenager using a lip crayon. Maybe this is just a self-confidence thing, but I was curious if others felt the same. Someone else wrote, yes, I hate my makeup today and I had a customer at work tell me she liked my eyeliner. To me, It didn't match up because one tail is thicker than the other. My eyeshadow won't blend for shit anymore on top of this base and I'm so disappointed. I have this problem a lot lately where I'm just like, forget it, I'm not fixing it anymore and I think I must look so severe or amateur. Of course no one is going to say anything to me, my colleagues aren't rude, but I just keep waiting for someone to tell me that my blending or whatever sucks and I've been wearing this stuff since I was 15 so I should be better at it by now. That really resonated with me for a, there were a lot of points in that one that got me. In both of them actually. Now, I'll say this. Um no one is going to have a flawless execution. Even the people who you see um on social media or, you know, in a print ad, there are mistakes. Those mistakes are fixed with editing um, and filtering and things of that nature. So even the makeup artist that did the makeup did not do it perfectly. Yes, some makeup artists have a better hand than others, but there are a lot of things under the surface that you never get to see, that never make it to print. So keep that in mind when you're seeing it. And when you're looking at that picture for a reference, when you're trying to recreate that look, Do bear in mind that you are putting your skills up against someone who has been doing this for quite some time and has plenty of practice doing it. And also you don't look like the model. Keep all those facts in mind when you're trying to do your makeup and do not, try not to compare. Get those looks for inspiration. Do not try to replicate them because that is impossible unless you are that model with that face, in that light, in that moment with those products. You're never going to get an, you know, an exact thing. You're not that makeup artist with those hands and those skills. So what you're trying to do, what you'd like to try to do instead is gain inspiration from what you see. If you see something that's stunning and beautiful and you want to recreate something like that for yourself, you then have to put it through the filter of who you are and what best suits you and what best serves you and what products you have and you use you take that information filter it through that information and then you can get a look that's going to be flattering and inspiring for you with what you have and who you are Mm -hmm. see what we did there (laughs) all right uh the last one that i wanted to read you was uh was a doozy all right they said uh I dated a man for a long, long time and that would always make that would always make negative comments when I wore quote dramatic end quote makeup. Basically wearing eyeshadow and filling my brows in and maybe a little liner would result in him asking why I had my war paint on. He liked to make me feel bad about it, so I really stopped wearing much. I just didn't want to be made fun of, so I changed who I was and who I liked instead of seeing that he was manipulating me to be who he wanted. So anyway, I ended that relationship almost a month ago now and I started wearing makeup again. It feels like I'm looking at the person I was almost seven years ago when I first met him. It's so strange. I'm traveling for a work project right now and this hotel room has one of those great makeup lights built right into the mirror. So when I checked in and turned on the light for the first time, I just kind of stood there and looked at myself for several seconds and cried. I thought, I don't like this war paint. I feel like it's, like, this is just me and it's okay. And actually, I thought I looked pretty. I had forgotten what that felt like. Oh, wow. That's deep. (sighs) Okay, so I have two things um, about that before, yeah. I got two things. Um, One, one thing, anybody who calls, who makes a comment or some nickname about when you adorn yourself and do makeup, like saying, oh, I'm putting on war paint. That is a sign right there. The fact that they feel the need to comment on it that way um, is a control feature. It's something that they're doing, trying to make you second guess yourself and doubt yourself. And it is also their security is showing, their insecurity is showing for them to be concerned when you, adorn yourself. If they think of adornment as confidence boosting, they are trying to dismantle that confidence in you. So anyone who's listening to that, to this right now, if you ever hear someone who constantly is making comments about the way you dress, the way you look, they are trying to alter you. And that is something that needs to be addressed, both maybe by the two of you, or maybe with your, within yourself. And you need to take Note and decide if you want a person like that in your life telling you what to do with yourself. I'm going to tell you right now that if you even decided that you actually literally wanted to look like a clown, that is your choice. If you wanted to dress like a clown, if you wanted to wear a big red rubber nose and you wanted to wear big oversized shoes because that fashion choice made you happy, then you better find someone who loves clowns, not someone who's going to make you feel bad for dressing like one. You see where I'm going with that? Mm Mm-hmm. And while we're on this subject, I think this would be a good time to address the term war paint itself. So it's story time transparency while I was brainstorming names for this podcast right here it did go through my mind for a moment to name the podcast war paint but as I did more research I realized just how insensitive that phrase was now here's a definition from the radicalcopyeditor.com it says it should go without saying that actually putting paint on your face and calling it war paint is a form of red face But beyond that, the phrase war paint itself also plays into the stereotyping and caricaturing of indigenous peoples. So, no. But let's call a thing a thing, right? While the process of adorning yourself and putting on makeup boosts confidence for some, grabbing a phrase that you have no knowledge of its origin is unacceptable. We have a plethora of information at our fingertips, and we're accountable to do the due diligence. I know, I know, there's going to be people saying, oh man, we can't say anything anymore. (laughs) But my mother once told me a long time ago that there are so many words in the English language and so many ways of describing things that it is unacceptable to blow it off just because you're lazy. Just because something doesn't hurt you personally doesn't mean it doesn't matter that it hurts others. And I'm going to take it even a step further. I have indigenous blood on both sides of my family. I've discovered this over the years as we have looked into our family trait. That still does not give me the right to use a term like that. All right. It does not because, and that, that goes out to the people who tell me about the different relatives of different bloodlines that they have in their family, which is why they can use all kinds of slurs and topics. That one goes out to those people. Dance to you, dance to it if you want to. It is a phrase that is unacceptable, not only in not just because it sounds bad or whatever, but it is a slur to that particular group. Do not use it. End of story. The end. That's it. That's the post. Okay. While we're on the subject, I came across this article in the BBC work life, um, about why imposter syndrome hits women and women of color harder. And that is, uh, it was, let's just get into it. Um, women, women of color, especially black women, as well as the LGBTQ community are most at risk says Brian Daniel Norton, a psychotherapist and executive coach in New York. When you experience systematic oppression or are directly or indirectly told your whole life that you are less than or undeserving of success, you begin to achieve things in a way that goes against a long-standing narrative in the mind. Impossible syndrome, imposter syndrome will occur. Now, if you doubt yourself, even when you are doing all these things, are you doomed to feel like an imposter no matter what? And why exactly do we feel imposter syndrome and what can we do when that feeling starts to boil up corporate culture exacerbates the problem of imposter syndrome particularly for women according to lean in a U.S. organization that focuses on women in the workplace women are less likely to be hired and promoted to manager In 2019, research shows that for every 100 men brought into teams and elevated to management, only 72% of women experience the same thing. Men hold 62% of manager-level positions, while women just hold 38%. And although one-third of the companies lean-in surveyed set gender representation targets for first-level manager roles, 41% of them didn't for senior levels of management. But lack of physical representation is just one of the factors that feeds into imposter syndrome. Now, for instance, pervasive racist and sexist stereotypes can cause marginalized people to doubt themselves. Um, she points to common, uh, common messaging, such as women are not good leaders because they're too emotional. Women are not good at math or science, black indigenous and other people of color are lazy, unintelligent, or lack of integrity. Even the traditional focus on female beauty can make an impact on self-doubt. If you've grown up with messages that you're only valued for your looks and your body, not your skills or intelligence, you may end up getting a certain job or position and wondering whether you truly deserve it or if the hiring manager just thought you were a pretty face. They add that it's also important to silence your inner critic and look towards your strengths. We tend to overfocus on the negatives when we feel imposter syndrome, only paying attention to supposed failures or deficiencies. Give yourself credit for your accomplishments. It may be hard at first because your mind will keep trying to minimize the good stuff that you do, but it's important to keep trying and know that it's possible to get past your sticking points. I suppose one of the biggest takeaways is that our biggest critics tend to be ourselves. Sure, disappointments and problems from others take root and make us doubt ourselves, but it's important to remember that self-doubt is our biggest enemy. When it comes to beauty and style, the best reaction you should be going for is the one from yourself. If it makes you happy and it brings you joy, you're on the right track. Screw what everyone else says. Sure, we can always get better with our techniques and practices, but all adornment and decor should be meant to bring delight, not anxiety and frustration. Food for thought. While we're on the subject, I thought right now would be a great time to be a little transparent. Everyone suffers from imposter syndrome in one shape or form. It's everywhere. How can it not be? I mean, we're looking around at everyone all the time. We're watching television. We're seeing movies. We're reading articles. We're seeing people living their best lives. And we're doing our thing. But we do wonder, are we measuring up? Are we really what we are portraying ourselves to be. Now I'm going to tell you, it's it's a time for a little story time. I've created this podcast going on. It won't be much longer before we're at our three year anniversary, and that's pretty wild when I think about that. Um, but with. All that I've done so far, and it's amazing when I look back on it. I still have imposter syndrome. I listen to other podcasts and I think to myself, ah, oh, I wish I had all those cool gadgets and all those, you know, those sounds and effects and things that I could do. And I'm still working with this raggedy system that I have right now that breaks down on me and falls apart and is unreliable but still in all I manage to put out an episode every week and I'm glad that I do it and I feel a sense of accomplishment but I I always wish it could be better but I don't stop I just keep going because keeping going is how you get to coming up on your next anniversary for your podcast and Even though it is not the flawless presentation that I would like, I still am very happy to do it, and I still love it very much. And when I get feedback from people who tell me that they've learned a lot or they thank me for making that episode, it helps. It really does. But I think the most important thing I'm trying to convey to you here is Even if you don't feel perfect, even if you don't feel like you're doing it the way you wish it could be done, even if you see someone else doing it what you perceive to be better than you, it is still intensely important that you do it. Don't stop. Please keep doing it. You're the only one that can do it like you do no one else can do it like you and they may be able to do it in ways that you wish you could but you'll get there and when you get there it's going to be incredible because it's you doing it that's something really important to remember while you're struggling through your day to day I have days where I feel like I shouldn't even do this podcast at all because I listen to so many people doing so many incredible things, but I know no one else has had my experience. No one has lived through the things that I've lived through, the way that I've lived through them. Everybody's story is unique and everyone's perspective is unique. Because it takes up all the little things that you are to make that experience like you and like yours and seeing it through your eyes makes it different. You see where I'm going with that? So try to remember that even though you might not feel like you're up to snuff, you are. Because it's got to go through your lens too. One person's perspective and your, per- and your perspective are going to be different. And there's going to be someone more on your side of the spectrum that needs to see it through your lens for it to make sense. I hope that helps. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a delight bringing it to you. All in all, it's important to not fall prey to imposter syndrome. You're here. We've been waiting for you. You're important and you matter and you count. Everyone has a gift to bring. You might and it might not seem like it. It's because you haven't found it yet. So keep looking. Every single day, keep your eye out. Keep your eyes peeled for that thing that you do that brings joy to yourself and hopefully others. And then cultivate it. Learn more about it. Try to improve upon it. And then you'll be doing your part. And don't worry if what you do doesn't look like what the other person is doing we don't need a bunch of duplicates out here anyway we need all different kinds of perspectives and views to keep this world colorful and interesting it's important and you're important as you know I'm always on the lookout for stories and creators so send them my way if you don't know how to do that You can do it in one of three ways, either on Facebook at Beauty Reform School, Instagram, also Beauty Reform School, or you can go right to the source at BeautyReformSchool.com. And thank you so much for your listenership. And thank you in advance for your listenership in the future. And pencils down. classes dismissed. And I'll see you next week.